Attention in the jungle. All lights, sound, and animation to begin immediately. Please stand clear. You know, uh, I saw this uh, this thing, and it was talking about... Um, Are we starting? Yeah, let's start. Okay, uh, then we should start with our traditional prayer and hymn. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great Cthulhu. Oh, Cthulhu. <laughs> Angry demon of the sky. I have the hate of Cthulhu in my heart. <laughs> There we go. Now we're set for the we year. Are, we are good. We're, we're good. <laughs> Should we start with the, the, the 2022, 23? Like what was your, Oh yeah. We did a, so do, those of you who are wondering where we were in January, uh, December, we did a, a drunken uh, podcast at the old ship in Fullerton one of our favorite bars had a great time, had technical troubles. So that podcast may or may not ever surface. Uh, yeah. You recorded what? Two hours? It's two hours of just pure chaos. And there's maybe 20 minutes of usable material in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> so this was a question I asked there. So I think I'll ask it sober. What was your favorite part of, of last year of 2022? And what are you looking forward to in 2023? It's a good, uh, it's a great question. That's a Miss America question. I think probably my favorite thing that happened last year, the lounge is always uh, very rewarding every week. Uh, but I would say uh, the Anaheim Halloween parade, having the smallest float in the parade uh, was that, really between that and doing our unofficial uh, Halloween parade broadcast, which delighted uh, hundreds and enraged a small select few people, which was fantastic. Wow. Uh, apparently a very mean spirited. Our podcast? Apparently. Our, our show? I don't know. Was it mean? No. No. I've been, no, it's just not mean spirited. Sometimes you just point out things and make a joke and people get very upset. What's weird is we weren't like Don Rickles out there. No. And it was unofficial and it was on YouTube. You don't have to watch it. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to keep listening to it if you don't want to. Exactly. Uh, uh, So that was, I think the, the smallest float in the parade with the 12 foot banner, getting that to actually happen was a thrill. That was, that was awesome. And yeah. I guess 2023, uh, and looking have, forward to uh, releasing uh, EP and some singles. That's awesome. Yeah. I've seen the video. That's very cool about singing my Valentine. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, by, uh, and this is my favorite, what? Patter. It was from uh, Paul McCartney's album, Kisses on the Bottom, mm-hmm. uh, not to be confused with his follow-up, Kisses in My Bottom, nice. which Rolling Stone called the filthiest of the solo Beatle albums. <laughs> it was. Ringo put out some stuff, but wow, Paul. He, I mean, just walked right by. So what's the name of your EP? What's it going to be called? It's called uh, Songs for Certain Nights. Ooh, cool. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I'd heard that before. Oh, and it's all great. saloon songs. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's going to get it. It's, uh, it's not going to be a happy album. Okay. I want to get that as an actual <laughs> like old school LP. Oh, yeah. Like vinyl. I want to get like that. Oh, yeah. That'll is, definitely happen. He's not happen. paying me to say this, actually. Well, yeah. <laughs> all my other vinyl are like albums from the 80s that I found in my closet and then punk bands. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, buy the vinyl and you get the download. I'm like, well, I was going to buy the download anyway. I'll just buy the LP. And and all those suits that you have with, uh, the, it goes over your face too. I don't know what's those about, but. Uh, the suits? The vinyl suits that you have. Oh yeah, that with the closet. zippers and things. Yeah, yeah that, that's a different thing. I don't want oh, to get okay. into. I can't really. Okay. Uh, my, my, uh, my master and mistress don't allow me to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So for you, favorite uh, last year and uh, looking forward to in 2023. Uh, for me, the highlight. Uh, a couple of them. One was going to uh, Inuele in Atlanta oh, yeah. and then spending the week in Savannah, Georgia, which is just a beautiful town. Yeah. Good drinking and walking town. That's always fun. Um, and uh, Tiki Oasis. Oh, uh, yeah. That was 
because I, I uh, told my wife, I'm going to go hard, this Tiki Oasis. I was there. We were just there to vend. I wasn't talking or anything. And I said, every night, I'm just going to go nuts. And and I did every night. And good Lord, every morning I paid for it, <laughs> especially Sunday, the last day. Oh, my gosh. Saturday, we got trashed. Yeah. And then Sunday, we still had to vend for eight hours, then load up and then drive back home. And it was... Yeah. It was rough. I've never had to do so much so hungover. Oh my God. So that was a fun and rough. And then I got to spend a lot of time in Palm Springs last year. That was just great. Oh yeah. And I was there for work a lot, which is fun to say. I'm in Palm Springs for work. Why? Murder. <laughs> You've really taken a really hard turn from uh, Disney history into <laughs> the wonderful world of murder. The wonderful world of murder. Yeah. I mean, a- Disney uh, kind of leads to... The natural progression is Disney to murder. Disney books to murder books. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a shift that'll give you whiplash, is what it will. Because <laughs> I'm working on a book, a cast member stories book, where I interview members of the Golden Ears, which is the retirement group from um, Disney, which are, they're, they're, could not be nicer people. They're so great. They aren't the ones we pissed off at the uh, the Skipper Show, are they? No, that's the Disney alumni, ah. which I am also belong with, and. Uh, uh, they remember the show. A bunch of people, oh yeah, I remember that show. That's all they'll say. I'm like, that's good. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that's that. That's fair. That is fair. That's a nice way of saying I remember that show. Yes. Like anybody can join the Disney alumni who worked for the park. So we could join. Okay. Uh, but the golden years, you had to have worked there like 10 years and you had to have like retired oh from the company. Gosh. Like you couldn't have been escorted out. So, oh, so no dice. No, we'll never get in. No. no, we'll never, we'll never get in. So, uh, it was fun. I've, I've spoken to them a couple of times. And the, and the first time I did was at the golden horseshoe. Um, and I got to stand on the stage where Wally Bogue stood for years and where Walt stood and oh got to gosh. talk about, yeah. And, and I asked him, how many of you worked when Walt Disney was there? And two thirds of their hands went up. I'm like, huh? He was dead before I was born. <laughs> uh, is there uh, as a Disney historian, is there any truth to the uh, the rumor I'm just starting right now uh, that uh, during the park's lean years, uh, Walt had Lillian put on a, a filthy burlesque show at the Golden Horseshoe. <laughs> not not his wife. It was some of the secretaries oh. at the studio would come down, and it was uh, it was uh, yeah. It's where they t- coined the term NC17. Actually, comes from the Golden Horseshoe. <laughs> like Casa de Fritos gave us Doritos. Yes, comes from there, and then NC17 comes from that Golden Horseshoe. <laughs> so, the filthy was- secretary review. <laughs> You imagine. Walt, Walt Secretary Review. I imagine I, I did a, I did a stand up comedy bit years ago about how because Disney was getting into cruise ships, it was like Disney kept getting into more and more stuff. This is uh, way when Iger was brand new when we were doing the Skipper Show all the time. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a bit. I'm like, one day they're going to have like a strip club that's going to be old Disney fied. Like the, the, here comes Belle, and you know, and like here's and I, so I had all the, like these puns for each of the princesses. And then I went on YouTube and found out, oh, that's already happened. Uh, there's like burlesque shows where they all dress up. Cause you see, there's one in LA that does the star Wars. That's right. Um, which the is, empire strips back. Yeah. Which is just everyone dressed up like the princess Leah slave outfit. Just like six or seven of them in a row. Not going to complain about that. No complaints. And then uh, the only weird one, then here's uh-huh. the thing. I want to go see that show, but I'm, I'm terrified that there's going to be a sexy C3PO. And that would be confusing for me because <laughs> he was my favorite character growing up. But, uh, you would know how you feel about yourself. I'd, I'd be uh, exploring some new territory. You would. You would. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's 2023. That's Explore right. Explore new territory. Yeah. I was coming up with phrases, uh, like catchphrase, because I always come up with a catchphrase every year. Mm-hmm. And it never, like for me personally, and it never works. 
usually it's victory or death and it ends up being death. So that's <laughs> not good. So I thought this year I had two. One was going to be let chaos reign. Oh, and that was voted down quickly by my family. Okay. The second one was bad decisions for a good life. Bad make bad decisions, make bad decisions for a better life. Mm, that one's friendlier. It is friendlier. I like let chaos reign let personally. Chaos, let chaos reign. I will just choose chaos. And so my wife goes, how is that different from normal? I'm like, uh, I guess it's not any different. <laughs> did we, did you, did you say what you're looking forward to this year? Uh, no. Uh, oddly enough, I'm not going to, to Inouye this year in Savannah, which is a bummer. So I had, I had to back out of that, but it's still a cool event yeah. there in Atlanta, the Southeast. It's so much fun to go to. But I'm looking forward to going back to Arizona Tiki Oasis, mm. and uh, I'm looking forward to, I might be speaking at um, Tiki Caliente in Palm Springs. Oh, hey, fun. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to a new, uh, two new things. Um, I might have my online history of Disneyland class up. Yes. And where can people find that? That is on the website Udemy. But I decided to do the first half of my history of Disneyland class. So it's oh, the history goodness. of Walt during, history of Disneyland during Walt's life. And um you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm very excited to have done it. I'm, it's over four hours, over, really over four hours of me talking about just how they designed the park all the way up to Walt's death in 66. And oh that's like a little over four hours of me just talking and telling jokes and adding in my own stories. And that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I think those are all solid. I, we'll see how, we'll see how it turns out with 2023, but I think yes. those are solid, uh, good things for yes. both of us. Those of you listening, we went to a new club in Santa Ana. It's the oldest bar in Santa Ana. That's brand new. A f- friend of our o- owns it uh, club six, one, six. And oh, yeah. it was great. Drinks are great. The yeah. room is great. It's fantastic. As we're going to pay the bill, I'm like, Oh man, we know the owner and we know the general manager and the bartenders are cool. We're going to, this is, a, this is going to get expensive with the tip, right? <laughs> we can't, <laughs> right. we can't like stiff them or just pay them a little bit. We're like, Oh man, this is, this has got to be a big tip. We can just never go back. We can never. <laughs> One and done. Just see him on the street. How's it going? Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> we haven't been back. Yeah, yeah, I know. We, we can't afford that tip. <laughs> like last time I was at Trader Sam's. Uh, we went, that one bartender is so good. I'm like, oh, yeah. so amazing. And uh, uh, he made my favorite drink in the world. I'm like, I'm going to have to hit this man outrageous. <laughs> just, that was a great Sam's visit. It was fan. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Sam's is fantastic. I always, because uh, it had been a minute since we've been to Sam's, I always uh, forgot how nervous that spray bottle makes me uh, when they're, you know, yeah. oh, it's lava. Yeah. Like, uh, I always think, all right, if I were a young skipper and they handed me a spray bottle, someone's going to pee in that at some point. That literally never occurred to me. Never occurred to you? Just now. Oh, my goodness. That's all I think of every time. Like, I, who pissed <laughs> in this spray bottle? I have to cover my drink. Oh, going to be a golden just, shower every day. And I just hide my phone and I just think, okay, how often do they wash that bottle? Oh yeah. How old is that water? Right. And then I think they're hitting all of the props. Oh yeah. They're just soaking the props old that probably don't need to be wet all the time. <laughs> Favorite part. And I'll tell everybody this. So we were there before, uh, before Christmas and I took a picture of it and, uh, our good friend, uh, fantastic artist trader Brandon messaged me because he's the one that designed trader Samson yeah. and the grog grotto in Florida. He's uh, like, now let me be fair what? amongst other very talented yes, artists. Yes. Amongst, yes. 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 Um, and so he, he sends me a message. He's like, is that a Santa hat on top of Trader Sam's? He goes, they're not supposed to do that. That was like on the list of don'ts because <laughs> it ruins the feathers. So when we got there, I took a close up picture. <laughs> That's right. and I'm like, Here you go, buddy. This is what they've done. Damage the feathers. What are we here? It's Disney. We got tons of money to go to executives. You know how many dead birds we have in the back? <laughs> 
There's millions of crows over this park. See? That's right. Well, they're fancy feathers. So you got to go find the flock of parrots that lives in Santa Ana or Costa Mesa. I heard Anaheim. those are uh, pricey if you can get your hands on one and sell one, which you you wouldn't want to do. But I always no. heard they're very, uh, they're, they're, they're expensive. I can see that. Parrots yeah. are real expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want that parrot. I wouldn't want a wild parrot. A, that's not fair to the parrot. Yeah. And B, have you heard those things? They live right by our house. Oh, really? Right by our house. Um, there's geese that live in the back bay of Newport Harbor. And so they fly over our house every night, like (laughs) hundreds of geese and they all stay there. And then the parrots. And I was on a walk with my family and you hear this racket. I'm like, God, how many parrots is that? My daughter goes, dad, it's probably just two. I'm like, that's not possible. And I swear to God, two parrots flew over (laughs) and it was, it was just the two of them. They're so loud. They are so, so when it's a whole flock, there's a huge flock in downtown Santa Ana. Oh really? Like hundreds of them. And they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, but they're loud. So I actually tried to get them to, when my backyard was all jungly, I was leaving out food under shiny plates so the parrots would see it and hang out in yeah. my backyard. But we have cats, so they weren't interested. Oh, so that's, okay. that's the downfall of my Jungle Cruise bird plan. We, uh, there was a minute when we lived closer to Disneyland uh, that I tried to befriend. Because I think I, like it, there was a certain time period a couple of years back where everybody just heard Oh, if you uh, leave food out for crows, they'll befriend you. Yeah. They'll bring you trinkets and whatnot. They will. Uh, not Disney crows. <laughs> Disney crows are spoiled. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I, for two days, uh, the Disney crows would kind of move through our neighborhood and I would leave out food and I apparently didn't leave out uh, because it wasn't corn dogs and popcorn <laughs> and it wasn't enough of it. Uh, they, they ripped up my yard. Wow. They, they, we had like cardboard down because we were starting to grow uh-huh. stuff. They went under it and ripped up all the cardboard and basically like flipped us the middle finger and like flew off. I was tired of them. Two days this happened. That's awesome. The they remember. Yeah, they do. They do remember people. Yeah. So cool. Um, shortly before this, our good friend, uh, John Mabe. Oh, yeah. Uh, sent over something and uh, it's a fabulous idea. Uh, apparently there is a AI. Is it? Is it? It's not, it's okay. not, it's, it's actually terrible, but it's, it's fabulous for us. Uh, it's an AI program online. So John gave it a prompt okay. and I only share a couple because they're truly awful. Are these the jokes? Uh, yeah. Pretend you're a jungle cruise skipper and tell me jokes about waterfalls. Uh, all I know is you're not supposed to go chasing them. <laughs> That's all I know. There's 10 jokes. I'm only going to say like maybe two. Why was the water in the jungle always so competitive? Uh, because it was always racing to the bottom of the falls. Wow. Yeah. That's not even a dad joke. No. These are like trying to be dad jokes, but they just, they don't. Uh, let's see. Hit me with the best one. Mm. This, is the, this is the one you would do on the boat with no shame. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> there, there, I, I've read the list. There are none there that fit that category. <laughs> this, one's kind of, okay. this one's kind of funny in All a right. terrible way. That's like a, a genuine laugh. I'm like, excited to hear. Like a National Geographic tour kind of ruined the joke kind okay. of way. Oh, those I like that. Why was the water in the jungle always so polite? Because it was always saying, excuse me, as it flowed past the other animals. And then that would be the sound of the engine as you uh, cut through the, uh, the, dis- the sound of crushing disappointment. Excuse me? It was always saying, excuse me. As it flowed past the other animals. This is all, these were all written by an AI program. That doesn't even make any sense. I don't know. WGI is going to approve that list immediately. Oh, that's all. Those are all being built right now. Oh. And they're actually using AI to rewrite the Jungle Cruise script. Right. There was, when I was on the team that helped rewrite the script in 2004, the imaginer that worked with us 
who's, I guess, retired from the company, so we can talk about her, loved puns. Everything had to be a pun. Okay. And if it wasn't a pun, she said, well, how can we make this into a pun? And we're like, not every joke has to be right? a pun. Um, and she would write jokes like that. And like, they would come back from WDI. They would be jokes like that. And we're like, that's not, or we would pitch a joke. Yeah. It would come back like that. Oh, like we would pitch a funny ass joke and they're like, no, here's a, here's a better version of it. A better it version. Bland. <laughs> it's like, here I made some artisan sourdough. Like I made the mix, the, my, the mother and I did the sew and I did the whole thing. It's wonderful. They're like, oh good. Here's some Weber's white bread. <laughs> it's just the same. You're like, no, it's not the same. Yeah. I don't think uh, listening to or seeing some of those jokes uh, makes me feel uh, confident about our future uh, AI overlords. They'll they'll run everything and we'll also all be uh, under their control, but they don't have humor. So people like us will still have some sort of use as some sort of uh, robot court jester. Exactly. So for I'm feeling robots. pretty confident. Okay. Yeah. Until they lose and are taken by our ape overlords. I'm waiting for Planet of the Apes to happen. Oh, really? Then- yeah, that's my. I for one welcome both. I do. Our robot ape <laughs> overlords. I, if that ever happens, I'm getting rounded up day one. I just always assume that no matter who takes over, it happens. I'm first on the list to be taken out. You're tall. I am tall. You can't hide in the crowd. Uh, yeah, I had a weird racial moment with another tall guy, okay. white guy. It's a guy I met, the new guy I'm writing a book for. Yeah, I walk into his his well appointed you know office studio. And he stands up. Oh, you're tall. I'm like, yes. Cause he's tall. He's like my sight. We're both six, four. Oh, okay. And he's built big. He's like, Oh, I saw your name was Marley. And I figured, well, he's English and they're not super tall. So you're probably like five, nine. I'm like it's a weird process, thought process to have. <laughs> right. right. I never look at somebody's name and go probably short, probably short. Right. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. And then, so I met his wife and she's like, Oh wow. You're so tall. We thought with Marley, you wouldn't be that tall. I'm like, Okay, because they both Eng- discussed cause it because it's, it's English. Yeah, they clearly had talked about it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, my mom's side of the family is German. Like, oh, that's where. Oh, yeah, okay. That like that explains everything. I'm like, okay. Although, if uh, your name was Tiny McNubbins, I would assume probably a uh, either very small that's, or enormous. Yeah, I should change my name to Tiny McNubbins. How would and that, then just there's your murder uh, ghostwriting <laughs> name. Well, the fun thing about it is whenever I ghostwrite stuff. Every book I've ever published has mentioned David Letterman okay. somewhere because yeah. I love David Letterman. And I will always get Tony Clifton's name in there as well. Usually just a thank you to Tony Clifton, mm. including my PhD dissertation and my master's thesis. Oh my gosh. I, and every book, I thank Tony Clifton for his assistance. And somewhere David Letterman's name is in there. That's wild. Somehow. You've got it in every one. Every one. Are you going to work it into the murder books? Yep. Oh, there you uh, go. Yep. I already figured out how to do it. <laughs> Some guy who doesn't look like David Letterman will be described as looking somewhat like David Letterman. There if you I go. Can't, if I can't f- put one of his jokes in it. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's my little, my little secret. Let's see. So, yeah. So those are the AI. Uh, they're terrible. They are. They're truly terrible. I was worried as a writer uh, and doing art to see like the, the artist images it would come up with of people's profiles. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's just taking it from other artists yeah. and just removing the face and putting your face. It's not creating anything no um what should we want to do i'll let you pick okay two questions number one what is your favorite disneyland show like live show you saw at disneyland okay you want to do that i think i do there's a couple but uh my favorite one that uh we just actually revisited uh this christmas is uh mickey's nutcracker you ever saw that one 
No. Was oh. this a show they did in the park? They did it, they did it like the, where Videopolis is uh-huh. going yeah, to the, the top the, Videopolis. The Fantasyland Theater. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, they had it there and it was a, a fantastic little uh, retelling of the Nutcracker with Mickey and Roger Rabbit uh, and all the other characters. So now we know when it was made. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very small window of time that you could have Roger Rabbit showing up in the park. Right. Uh, and so it was a charming show. Really good music and everything. And I was I was telling our friend uh, about that show. We were talking about uh, somehow it got onto that topic. And he told me, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, apparently when the show first started, uh, there's a sugar plum fairy and she's fantastic. Her entrance is great. She's this bigger lady and she's very like uh, sassy. And sugar plummy. And all, all the sugar plum. Wow. And she comes in on a little like robotic uh, hoop that kind of floats across the, the, the stage on the top and lowers down and it's a fantastic entrance. Apparently uh, something went wrong in one of the early shows with the computer system that was running the thing. Oh no. And it shot her up to the top of the fantasy land theater and she fell all the way down to the stage. Oh of the no. Fantasy land <laughs> oh my she, God. She lived. She lived. Yeah. But oh my God. Can you imagine? That's a drop. That is. That's a big drop. Sugar, uh, sugar plum all over the stage. <laughs> they were making sugar plum pies on Main Street for a month. <laughs> no one knew why. They'd hand you your slice of, of pie with a little tear in their eyes. <laughs> Dang. On discount. Where Star Wars Land is now, they used yes. to do, they had like the, the Big Thunder Ranch thing. And then they, they did for a while, the hunchback of Notre Dame festival of fools. Oh, that's right. They had towers and the guy who plays Quasimodo would literally just swing and jump from tower to tower in the full Quasimodo outfit. Wow. And my wife was there working as a show director for a, a a anti-drug puppet show that Disney had that toured the schools. That's a different story, but she was (laughs) watching the show because she knew one of the performers and she watched Quasimodo leap off a tower and grab the giant bell and he hit too low and just saw his hands just like swinging wildly. And he fell for 30 or 40 feet on his back right in front of the full crowd. And just went boom. But what saved him, she found this out later, what saved him from dying was all of the padding to give him the hump. Like they didn't, Disney didn't plan it that way, but the actor knew because Oh, I I'm already falling on my back. I just got to make sure I stay this way. Yeah. But they stopped the show immediately and dragged off Quasimodo. Oh God. Because kids were crying. It was really bad. (laughs) Poor guy. But he was, he was fine. I think he like had a couple of cracked ribs and that was it. Wow. Yeah. Man. No, no tethers, no safety things, no nothing. Just the way Walt wanted it. Just go out there. Danger. Pure unadulterated danger. Yes. You know, when Disneyland opened that first fall they were afraid that like people weren't going to come to the park so he said let's bring in a circus oh to try to the disneyland circus which is kind of like fantasyland tomorrowland kind of area okay and uh so they started the circus never a big hit because people didn't want to go to disneyland to see a circus like we can see this anywhere but on opening day with all the executives and everybody there um there's a trapeze artist was spinning around from the, the trapeze and her top flew off into the crowd, okay. but she's hanging by her feet. So she can't stop. Oh, and so no. she just kept flying around <laughs> flashing everybody. Um, so there's your burlesque show that you talked about earlier <laughs> just to tie this up. And then like it was, month, it was Walt. He, yeah. uh, he went before the show and he, he, went, he, he cut went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, 
And then like a month later, a llama broke out during the middle of the circus and just ran down Main Street. So guys ran down Main Street chasing a wild llama that they had to bring back. And so also topless. All it was it was that thing was butt nude. <laughs> it was full frontal llama action. That's wild. Yeah. That reminds me of uh and we've we've had this question before. We've never said it on the the podcast. That reminds me of the the danger element of Disneyland. We always had a question. Uh, I think Eric Kinnear came up with it at Jungle mm-hmm. Cruise. Would you go to Disneyland if it was free? Everything was free for the day, but at one point during the day, a helicopter dropped a bowling ball <laughs> into the park. But you couldn't hide. You couldn't go into a shop or anything. You just had to, everybody froze. Yes. And the helicopter's going to drop a bowling ball. I totally would. You would. And I'm a bigger target. So yes, <laughs> the odds are in your favor. This is true. It's like driving on the freeway. You could be on a ride when it drops. I literally, because uh, it's raining, because it's winter time in California and it rains evidently. Yeah. I'm surprised that you know, you know the city council didn't just veto it. But there were two accidents just driving here today. One of them is pretty good. Like really? They, they like Waze, um, I had my Waze app on and they went, bing, 10 minutes. I'm like, what? It just added 10 <laughs> minutes. And I was already stuck in traffic. And by the time I got by it, I'm like, oh, that's why. Did you see... Uh- there was a car chase that just happened recently and a one part of it, they ended up in the parking lot of Anaheim stadium where they're doing donuts. Yes. I saw that. Yeah. I'm, I'm addicted to car chases. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that uh, the second I saw him like, Oh, Dave needs to see this. I, yeah. Our good friend clinking robot also enjoys a good, um, a good car chase. Yeah. Uh, so you would go to Disneyland if they drop a bowling ball. Yeah. Into the I don't You'd know hear the I helicopter would. coming. You would. And what are the odds it's going to hit you? The odds are pretty slim. That's true. It's going to hit somebody though. Probably. Yeah. Someone's going down that If day. you drop it during a parade, someone's going to get killed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> For free. Hell yeah. Mm, that is Hell a yeah. pretty good deal. Actually. It is. It is. And you know what? People would do it. They would sign a waiver. I've, I, I will not sue if I get killed free trip, Disneyland, possible death people. That's what Vegas is based on. I'm going to make money. Somebody paid for all them lights, sweetheart. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the casinos. <laughs> that's true. Okay. That's, that makes me feel better. Yeah. I'll sign me up. People are willing to gamble for stupid things. Now Knott's Berry Farm, not so much. Not, I would not do that no. for Knott's. No, 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 no offense to Knott's, but not Jansen Hill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, so Festival of Fools, that. Is that or isn't that your favorite show? That is, that is not my favorite. Okay. I what, never actually saw it. What's your, oh, you never, never you, just, you just heard about Quasimodo. I did. That feels like a show that probably couldn't happen nowadays. <laughs> right? It probably shouldn't happen They'd nowadays. make it super safe and they would yeah. just, yeah. And, and but. Well, all right. What so you what, what's your favorite show? My favorite show. Don't even remember the name of it, but it was a show they would do that three. It was a story they told in three separate elements during the day in front of the golden horseshoe. Oh. And our friend Diane Doyle wrote it and created it Okay, where there was a mayor and there was a sheriff and uh, there was like bank robbers that came and stole and they would do the show right in front of, if you go to, if you go to Disneyland to the golden horseshoe, it's got like a weird like tile right in front of it. And that was designed as kind of like a stage area. They okay. built it just for that show that she wrote. The best part about it is the mayor brings out his beautiful daughter, Sally Mae, and they go on and talk about how ugly she is and how horrific she is. And then it's a man that walks out. Okay. And the guy they hired, not only is he unattractive, he had the hairiest chest you've ever seen. And he would wear like a low cut kind of women's, like a 1800s dress, at, but with the long, you know, gir- curls. And, and it was hysterical, just yeah. a cross-dressing bit from whenever. And because uh, we knew Diane, when she pitched it to Disney, they're like, no, you can't, you don't have women 
men can't play women and you can't do that at a Disney park. It's a family park. You can't do that. And she goes, but look at it. So she brought, look at all these cartoons, all these comic book characters dress up as women and bugs did it. And yeah. all these different, you know, Disney doesn't do that in well, life. It's Fantasmic. A, what's it? Is it? It's in Fantasmic. Maleficent is played by a, a man, but it's clearly Maleficent. Oh though. yeah, I guess. So. Um, and now I didn't know that. So now you magic, didn't know that magic ruin. So oh, thank yeah. you. Um, I mean, but, uh, it says it in the front part of the name, Maleficent. That's true. Yeah. That, see, that's that's on me then for yeah. not knowing. But uh, so she tried to pitch it. They said, no, no, no. And she goes, so you want these men to stand there and talk about how ugly this woman is and how horrifically unattractive she is. And then you want a woman to walk out and try to get laughs. And the response was, we do not have men dress as women. And so she was told point blank, end of discussion. And she goes, so a week later, I'm in a meeting with all of these people and Michael Eisner walks in. She goes, so I said, Hey, Mr. Eisner, <laughs> she goes, and they were all pissed. And I pitched it. He went, why the hell would you make that be a woman? It's gotta be a guy dressed up. Come on people. And he walked out of the room. Oh, wow. So she got her way. <laughs> and so I, when I watched, they, they stopped, they did it for like 15, 20 years. They ran this show. Um, but watching it was fun. Cause it was just a funny show where they bring in audience members and it was just watching Sally Mae come out. Cause she was so, there was two different actors that played her, but the, the one main guy was just, just horrifically masculine and inappropriate <laughs> and hairy. And it was so funny that he was trying to be all sweet and cute and hit on people. And it yeah. was just gross and um, very, very funny. And I just loved it. And I loved knowing the backstory behind it made it even more fun for me. That's fantastic. She had to argue with people to get it. And Eisner's like, well, of course it can't be a woman. I love that it made it all the way up to Eisner, this little throwaway show in front of the golden oh, horseshoe. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all the way to Michael Eisner. Yep. That, this reminds me, I, I, well, I'll pause for edit. I got to look this up. Who according to Disney should be back to the CEO anytime. They just keep bringing back the old ones. I mean, if they could thaw up Walt, they would. That would make the world a better place right there. I don't know that they would let him run the company nowadays. They would not. No. Because he's like, hey, you know the money we make? Let's put it back in the park and make it better. They're like, no, we need mansions. That's right. Our shareholders need dividends. You know, technology has gotten better. I think we can make a life-size Matterhorn. How much will that cost? Let's just 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 start building it. (laughs) Yeah, just do it. So- all of these talks about uh, shows and, and bits and stuff reminded me. Yeah. I, I watched this documentary. Uh, have you heard of this? There was a uh, band, and I had to look it up because I forgot the name, Halix. Okay. H-A-L-Y-X. It was a science fiction-themed rock band that performed in Tomorrowland in the, uh, in, uh, like for like 1980, 1981. Okay. You heard about these? No. I, I like it. It's crazy. They, they literally... Uh, created their own sci-fi glam rock band. There was like a Wookiee kind of thing. There was a, a robot and they were all playing the instruments and they built like a weird following for that. The really summer that they were doing their thing. There's a really, really good documentary and pause for edit again. I remember seeing the Fab Four perform in Tomorrowland. Oh my gosh. They were amazing. I'm enjoying it. I love the Beatles. Their costume changes were great. But the whole time I'm like, this doesn't belong in Tomorrowland. This is, this is yesterday land. They had that. <laughs> That's a uh, Paul McCartney's favorite, uh, famous Tomorrowland based song. Yesterday, yesterday land. Yesterday land. Yesterday yeah. land. You know, my brother auditioned to be his band auditioned to be one of those that, cause in the seventies, the Fab 80s, Four. No, uh, to be in a band, they would just hire local rock bands to okay. play at night yeah. at the Tomorrowland Terrace. Yeah. And 
He was told, we'd love it. We'd love to hire you. You need to get rid of two of your members and then have two of the members that stay be women. Oh, wow. Because it has to be no more than six people, two of which must be a female. Interesting. And they're like, we're, we're a band. They're like, these are the rules. And when he told me that, every band I ever saw there, wow, there's four guys and two girls in every single band. I wonder if Halix also- Did it, did it fit the theme? Were there four men and two women? There's two women. Yep. And uh, I mean, debatable, the gender of the Wookiee-like creature or the robot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Halix, it, uh, it's a it's a hour and a half-ish documentary uh, from Defunct Land. Oh, on, Defunct Land has some good stuff on it. It was fantastic. Yeah. I didn't expect, I was like, oh, I'll watch a couple minutes of this. Engrossing. Yeah. Really interesting wow. to see how bizarre this band was. And it was only around for like- a summer. Wow. Yeah. Never heard of it. That's, some, that's cool. That's some bangers though. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, um, should we close with a prayer? Yeah. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's thank, uh, let's thank the, uh, let's pick a different God this time. Uh, sweet Lord Halix. There we go. Yes. yes. The, the Lords of Halix. The, uh, the warrior Wookiee of Halix. That's right. Uh, for his gentle blessings. That's right. That's going good. Into 2023. Good. Yeah. We're going to end on an NPR, an NPR note. Have a, have a wonderful new year. Sponsored, sponsored by the Lord Cthulhu, <laughs> the foundation for the Lord Cthulhu. I can't giggle in the NPR. <laughs> Attention in the jungle. All lights, sound, and animation to be shut off immediately. Please stand clear.